When it comes to the plant-based eating debate, there's more to consider than just healthy or unhealthy. Of course, we want to eat things that make us feel good and generate energy to keep us going, but there's also a major environmental component that drives a lot of people to a plant-focused diet. But you don't have to give up some of your faves entirely. Impossible Foods makes meat from plants. They're solving the meat problem with more meat. By creating delicious meat from plants that's better for you and the planet, Impossible lets you enjoy some of your favorite meaty products with a plant-based twist. Ground beef, homestyle meatballs, sausage patties, all made from plants. And that's just a few of their delicious and versatile options. No more tension between craving meat but not wanting to eat so much of it or sacrificing your carnivorous faves for your health. Indulge in nutrient-packed, plant-based goodness and feel good doing it. Check out impossiblefoods.com to see how you can help solve the meat problem with more meat. That's I-M-P-O-S-S-I-B-L-E-F-O-O-D-S dot com. Betches Media presents. Madam Speaker, Madam Vice President. You want to hang out with us? Get your vaccine. And so I went to Human Resources. There are some things I just can't tell you uh, on air. The Betches Sup Podcast. A woman's problem, if you will. Hello, I'm Amanda Duberman. I'm Elise Morales. And I'm Millie Tamaras. And this is the Betches Sup Podcast, where C-SPAN meets group chat to help you process and laugh at the biggest topics in U.S. news and politics. Today, we're going to talk mainly about Congress and the R. Kelly verdict. But first, we need to discuss a few things currently menacing American cities. The first are zebras in Maryland. Listeners, I'll let you know that um, several days ago, Elise notified me that she really wanted to be sure the next time Mm -hmm. she was on the podcast, we addressed this. Here we are. Well, you know, I have to use my platform and Mm -hmm. sometimes... Sometimes, you know, we have to talk about what's in the news nationally, but sometimes we can use this podcast to shine a light on some smaller stories that I really think should be making more of an impact. Mm -hmm. And um, there are five zebras who have been loose in Maryland for one full month. (laughs) A full month. That's the kicker. A full month. A full month. So five zebras escaped. Uh, They are still on the land. They escaped from a farm in late August. Uh, The owners have been trying to lure them back. Many area residents have reported sightings of the zebras, but no one has yet sort of been able to capture them. Um, This farm had 39 zebras, um, Mm. which is apparently allowed. It's apparently a zebra farm. Uh, It's all up to code, this zebra farm. Uh, It's USDA permitted, et cetera. But so first of all, I'm um, I'm a Delmarva girl from Virginia, went to school mm-hmm. in Delaware. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm from the area, so I'm fascinated by this story. Number one, number two, on my trip to Arizona on my train ride, they explained that basically this exact situation is how Arizona got wild horses. Horses escaped from farms. They started running wild. People didn't catch them. They bread and now there are wild horses so i'm saying this could happen for maryland and zebras Mm -hmm. i think that would be great for maryland i think it would be really fun for maryland isn't there like a little island off the coast of maryland with with wild horses that run around Uh, yeah the ponies (laughs) you know hey and honestly you know People have been criticizing Netflix because they're like, we don't need a season two of Tiger King. (laughs) But if we somehow did like some kind of true crime, where are the zebras? Where are they? You know, 
And why did they want to leave in the first place? Is my question. Now, now we're talking. They needed. Now we're talking season two of Serial. Bob <laughs> <laughs> and AWOL from the military. Um, so, and Millie, I'm so glad that you brought up the Chincoteague police <laughs> because always. If you uh, for those who don't me, know, they are native ponies to this like little island in Maryland, and they like swim or something. They like yeah. swim from island to island. Anyway, I'm saying, have we checked? With the chinkatee. Mm. What if the zebras are in over there? Mm. Right? Because if you were a zebra that wanted to escape, you're in Maryland, you mm-hmm. wanted to escape, probably the nearest safe space for you to go would be to be amongst the chinkatee ponies. Well, surely, yeah. They take refugees. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they can swim. So who knows? Maybe can they zebras could swim, swim? I feel like Ooh, okay. zebras can't, but the chinkatee can. The chinkatee can. <laughs> I have two, two, two theories. One or okay. er, er, questions. One, do you th- no? I'm gonna ask. Okay. One, do you think some assholes like ate them? Oh no! Oh no! <laughs> okay, oh okay. no! Okay. Or lighter. Second question: Do you think they're all together in a pack, or like it's like the Odyssey where they're losing one every yeah. day onto different things? Or is it like they have arguments and they separate? I don't know. That's a good question. They have been spotted. They have been spotted, but I don't know. Together. I would say that I don't think all five has been, have been spotted at a time. I haven't seen um, anything like that. I saw a really funny tweet of this, this, this dad who he's just like made it for his kids where when he doesn't know what to do with his kids, they just go out zebra hunting and he just drives <laughs> them around. And for hours, they look around for the zebras and stay entertained. <laughs> Oh, you know, because you could only go to Chuck E. Cheese so many fucking times. I mean, that is that is it's good, wholesome fun for everyone is what I'm saying. And I'm saying the state of Maryland loses nothing by just letting the zebras flourish there. What's the zebras are so interesting because you hear these stats about zebras. Like I always heard, like you literally cannot ride a zebra. It's impossible. Now they're saying the reason why the zebras are still out there is because it's impossible to catch a zebra. This sounds like a, a, a zebra PR campaign. It's not impossible. How is it impossible to put a human body on top of a zebra? I guess they mean it'll like throw you Maybe off. Maybe they're but... like rib cage can't handle it or some shit. Oh, lad, like it's yeah. not it's not good for them. But so the owners, the owners have been trying really, really hard to lure them back. Like apparently you can't catch them. You can only lure them. But these zebras are like having fun. They know they're like they're that you know you that bitch when you cause all this conversation. Yes, if they if they are if they are out there and they are liking the wilderness <laughs> of Maryland, I think we should let the zebras stay in Maryland and see if we I don't think that we should interfere with nature's nature, but I do think that we should see if maybe there could be wild zebras in Maryland. I think that we what might have the, to. Why is wild <laughs> Maryland like real housewives of Potomac and Wawas? Um well, there's uh, Millie. That's <laughs> ignorant because <laughs> we've got the beautiful Chesapeake Bay. In yeah, okay. Well, it's taking me. Much, it's much taking marine me. wildlife and the Chincoteague. Love well, just to be on my life. It's taken me a year of being on this podcast to be called ignorant. And, um, <laughs> <laughs> wow. 
And uh, I feel like that's a badge of honor in it. Yeah, for sure. That's really, that's a good track record for sure. In the sightings, they seem happy. They seem like they're enjoying it. But yeah, I do hope they're able to lure them back. They are being able to like be kept fed somehow. I think they're just enjoying this little rumspringa and hopefully they will be back eventually. The second thing menacing American cities is something, Millie, I saw you tweet about this this morning and you said we could talk about the podcast. Somebody's boobs are so distracting to the school across the street from you that it is causing traffic jams in the hallways. Yes. Explain. So well, I, my building is okay. So yesterday I saw a mouse in my, <gasps> my apartment. I know. There I was. know the exterminator exterminator this morning. I had to hire my own exterminator, but oh. I was there with the doorman. I didn't mention this on Twitter because I don't want to be called out and be like, you have a doorman, you know, but <laughs> yeah. that's just my reality. Um, you got a doorman, but you still got a mouse. So you're humble. No. Yeah. yeah. You know, I'm done like telling the you the trade, you know, again, like it's not you know, whatever, but I was talking to my doorman for a long time and he was like, yeah. So the people that face the front of the building, like they're, I, I face like a courtyard, but they face the front and they're like, um, there's a high school across the street and there have been traffic jams in the hallways of the high school because there's a window where you can see into the apartment buildings and there's titties. Um, oh, the high schoolers can see the titties. The high schoolers can see the titties. Yeah. And it's been causing so much traffic in the school hallway that the like a security guard, um, you know, had to come to our building and ask the doorman to uh, investigate and like talk to the residents. And the doorman's like, well, I wanted to see. But he was being, you know, not in a creepy way. He's like, well, he's like, no, we're having fun with the doorman. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. (laughs) He's like, I have to see who's, what is he talking about? But he has to figure out, diagnose the issue. Yeah, because he can't just blanket ask everybody who's facing, you know, there's like a bunch of floors in my building. There's a hundred. I feel like the constitution says that I'm allowed to have my titties out in my apartment. So you certainly can't just do a blanket out. Yeah, I mean, on the one hand, like she's allowed to have, but also it it sounded like it was several, (laughs) several (laughs) people. It it does. It it wasn't like a one person thing. It was like. Mm. just titties at all time you know what i mean so does the school want the women or the people with titties is their main interest for these people to know that they're being seen and then they can make a judgment or they really just want them to stop to prevent the traffic jams i feel like it was to stop (laughs) the doorman was like "Uh, we should let them know but he's also like what am i gonna say like hey um, here's your package, and also <laughs> there's a high school <laughs> teens that can see your titties. <laughs> the 11th graders are putting your areolas on TikTok. Well, I mean, this would you, have rocked my high school. This would have like, absolutely. I, we would have. No, I mean, I can understand the position the school is in because absolutely not one thing would have gotten done if there <gasps> if that was happening at my high school. Well, and you would like to think that New York kids have seen more, but no. But also, no. I was just like, they're like, you know, and I was talking to some other neighbors, and they're like, oh yeah, like seeing titties, and I'm just like why don't you just go on Pornhub.com like everyone else? But then I was like, no, because there is some kind of allure of it being live. It's like bird watching. 
Yeah. Can you see bird pictures on the internet? Yes. Is it more enjoyable <laughs> to see them in the wild yes. where, you know, you don't know. Yeah. Really- upon them. They're, you didn't realize they were going to be there. <laughs> it's just high stakes people watching, really. High I mean, because I'm, I'm always walking around my apartment with my top off and Mike has, is always like, Amanda, like, don't do that. And I'm like, who cares? Because I'm yeah. like, I don't care. If anybody sees my my boobs, like if if my doorman was like, "Hey, FYI, everybody, this is happening." I guess maybe if there was a high school, I might stop. But like generally, yeah. the the opportunity costs for me to have to always have my shirt on are too high for me to think about it. On the other hand, if I were to look across my street and just constantly see a man with his dick out, I'd call the police. <laughs> no, well, I've, I've I've been on both sides of the equation. And I feel like, well, one time I was at work and I saw a dick um, and I've seen oh, ass, oh, I've no, seen no, no. Dick, like in New York. And then I'm also in my apartment. I'm a little bit aware, like if I'm changing some, like most of the time I'll close the blinds, but sometimes I'm like, I don't want to, or like yeah. I'll walk across to get something from the fridge or whatever. Um, but I'm, I'm always like, well, they can't really see me. They can't see me. Um, so yeah, Same. like I, so I said, right. I live like in, um, like my windows face a courtyard like of buildings and then there's a little alley and there's a major street between the alley right so I was walking on that major street which is like buildings a like a parking lot and then my thing I'm like I can't see it and then I walked by and I looked into my like I could clearly see like the pictures in the so I'm like, oh, these everyone can see my titties clearly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it was like yeah. a humbling thing for me. But anyway, you got to love New York City. You got to love New York. The city is back. Totally. Kids are back in school. Kids are back in school. <laughs> titties are out. Like in all likelihood, it could be like a mom with like triplets who's always breastfeeding. So her titties are out. And then it's like, you know no, what? No, it's not. It's just not. I live in Brooklyn. I live in Bushwick. Like it's a fucking idiot like wow (laughs) i do live across the street from a school so i will take this story to heart and it's an Mm -hmm. elementary school so i would feel kind of bad for sure yeah i would be surprised but they just look at you doing exercise classes right on your little balcony i mean i do exercise on my roof and sometimes i wonder if they can like see me doing my little exercise classes and i'm like okay well that's not they can survive. It's always, it's just like opportunity costs. Like I would rather, I like to think people look down at me on my terrace and think that I'm just having a great time. You are, you are. And you know, there's some things like there's some, some words that I learned in high school that I was like, I'm never going to hear this again, but opportunity cost is a word that I Mm -hmm. feel like I've heard a lot. Yeah. It's relevant. I mean, you guys, this is why I love the post-Trump era because we have time to address at the top important Mm -hmm. local news stories like this. So keep them in your heart and we will share, we will share updates as we have them. I will be monitoring this closely. Mm Hey, American Fever Dream listeners, I'm here to tell you that there is no reason to panic the next time you're searching for the perfect gift. Because now you can use Gift Mode on Etsy. Gift Mode on Etsy is here to take the stress out of gifting so you can find the perfect item for anyone for any occasion. And it's easy. You just tap or click Gift Mode in your Etsy app or Etsy.com and then answer a few questions about who you're shopping for and what they like. And Gift Mode instantly gives you a curated gift idea list based on hundreds of personas. Now it is simple to find gifts made by independent sellers for all the people in your life. So whether you need a Mother's Day gift for the quilter or a birthday present for the vintage hunter, there is something for everyone on Etsy. Some of my favorite things to do are go to Etsy gift mode and then search absurd things like what kind of gifts do you have with Walter Cronkite on them? What kind of gifts 
gifts do you have for dachshund owners? There's jewelry, ceramic, toys, board games, all kinds of fun stuff. A gifting moment is always right around the corner, whether it's a birthday, an anniversary, a holiday, or even just a day to say thank you. Gift Mode on Etsy has you covered. Need to find the perfect gift? Don't panic. Try Gift Mode on Etsy now. Today's episode of American Fever Dream is brought to you by Newly. Have you ever felt that fast fashion ick, but can't always afford the super high-end stuff? I have a solution for you. It's Newly. Newly has everything you need to bring your closet up to speed for the season without breaking the bank. Free your closet of impulse purchases and skip the buyer's remorse by renting instead. Newly is a subscription rental service, and for just $98 a month, you get your choice of any six styles. They also have inclusive sizing up to 5X, as well as petite and maternity. You get fast, free shipping and returns and professional cleaning and newly state-of-the-art laundering facility. No laundry for you to worry about. This is the best. You just put it back in your box, send it out, and before you know it, you've got your next one. And you always have the option to buy what you love for sometimes up to 75% off. I bought the Rachel Antonoff pasta puffer from them. I was obsessed with it, like everybody who tries it is, and it was completely sold out everywhere else. So I felt like I really, really had an in there. So thank you, Newly. Newly is an amazing value at $98 a month for any six styles. And right now you can get $20 off your first month of Newly when you sign up with the code FeverDream20. Just go to N-U-U-L-Y.com. That's Newly with two U's and enter the code FeverDream20 and sign up to get $20 off your first month. That's N-U-U-L-Y.com. Newly with two U's with code FeverDream20. Newly subscription clothing rental. Change your clothes. So I guess now we have to talk about Congress. It's the same shit. It's just we're finally um, staring down some deadlines. So this week is going to be very dramatic. That's why I had Elise write some hilarious Real Housewives tagline (laughs) for these guys, because it's just drama. So for weeks, we've been saying that Democrats in Congress plan to force themselves to vote for the BIF, the Bipartisan Infrastructure Framework, and the Dems-only Reconciliation Package at the same time. That was going to happen today. Change of plans. Instead of voting on both bills yesterday, the vote on the BIF will take place on Thursday and a vote with a later vote on reconciliation. Who knows? Probably further down the road. That's not happening by Thursday. But the leader of the Progressive Caucus, Rep. Pramila Jayapal, said last night that her members are still going to withhold their votes for the one and a half trillion dollar bipartisan bill if the reconciliation bill isn't done. I think the big question here at the end of the week, what to look out for is what does done mean? What what definition of done are they going to be satisfied with? I mean, there's not going to be a bill ready to vote for. So what kind of framework are they going to find acceptable? Because as soon as they vote for the bipartisan infrastructure package, in their view, they lose their leverage to keep this theoretically three and a half trillion dollar package really large, but it's, it's not going to be that big at this point. Kristen Cinema and Joe Manchin aren't making this easy. Manchin couldn't be in any less of a rush for this. He does not care. Schumer and Biden are apparently working on them behind the scenes. So the House has at least an idea of like what size bill they can pass in the House to make these progressives happy so that that the Senate might also approve. But I think for weeks, um, for weeks, Kristen Sinema, sorry, I'll take that again. But for weeks, Cinema and Manchin have basically just said they haven't given particular numbers. They've just said vaguely what they're opposed to. And what's interesting to me is that I haven't really seen Biden come out to say if he's more in favor of a timely vote on an infrastructure bill or he'd rather delay it to ensure a bigger Dems only package. But I'm sure the reason he isn't being super transparent with that is because he doesn't want to give up those cards and he's hoping that he can have both. But a few weeks ago, Mitch McConnell said he prays for Joe Manchin and Kirsten Cinema every night and sends them lots of love because they are keeping this 
delay happening. The prayers are working because and as 80-year-old Nancy Pelosi is running around the Capitol trying to get this done, well, this afternoon, Kirsten Cinema is holding a fundraiser with five business lobbying groups who have opposed the bill. This bitch. <laughs> I really think she's a villain. <laughs> uh, wow, that's really, wow. Okay. Just like, why even run if you're just going to do things for money? Like, why right? are you going to lie and say that you care about shit? And like, I just don't get it. And it's just like, it's just so fucked up, like how much this country needs and how, you know, one or two people like are making things. It's not just one or two people. Right. But it's just at the same time, like. It's, it's just so, so strange. Up. Like, I-, I think she infuriates me so much because it's like Joe Manchin's political calculation. You like see he's the West Virginia guy. He's the only guy who can win in West Virginia. He's I believe safe for another six. He's like not up again in any time soon. And you kind of can't touch him there because we're not going to get another guy in West Virginia. Kirsten cinema, like, Mark Kelly, the other Arizona senator, doesn't behave this way. No, and he's, no. A mo- and he's a moderate as well. He's a moderate, too, but he's not like I, I don't understand the calculation she's making to be this person. I don't well, understand yeah, how we got money. her. It's yeah. like money. Yeah. And, like fame it's so cool. and notoriety, because she I think does. she likes. I think she is also, and this is Joe Manchin's things too. It's like, you become really powerful when you do this. Like, would we be yeah. talking about Kirsten Cinema? Like, we're not really talking about Mark Kelly because he's just being a normal man. So, but Kirsten Cinema gets like double billing with Joe Manchin as the two people everyone has to pay attention yeah. to now. Yeah. So I think that's also part of it. I think she's a pick me girl. And she wants to like yes, fulfill that. Absolutely. Yes. It's the worst. And Absolutely. she wants to mm-hmm. Lula some- looking bitch. Mm-hmm. Sorry. But- <laughs> no, she looks like she shops exclusively at LuLaRoe. And she's doing, she's trying to make some sort of state with that. She's trying to get, maybe she's trying to fulfill this. Like maybe she, the only thing I can think of is that she thinks by fulfilling this like John McCain style Arizona Senator Maverick thing that people in Arizona will like her. But the Arizona Democratic Party, I'm pretty sure, just said, like, we're going to like censor you or censor you or something yeah, if you don't end like the filibuster. Like, this is not come on. Well, you're and a there woman. Are... You can't do that. Right. Yeah. And exactly. you're also not a Republican. I have and... no problem. Exp- this like I don't super publicly like criticize Kirsten Sinema, but personally, my personal belief is that women are better and I am fine expecting more from them. So like, I don't care sometimes if some of my critique of her comes off as sexist, because it's like, you are one of us, you know what this is like, like, why aren't you, it took her like a week to say anything about abortion. I mean, we're not even like, we don't even talk like the house passed the women's health protection act last week. We're not even talking about if that will get through the Senate. And she's one of the main reasons why, like she, she's so bad that she gets away with shit like that, where it's like, actually one of the main barriers of us codifying Roe versus Wade is the fact that we all know this woman is not going to get rid of the filibuster. So we haven't even had that conversation. I want to have that conversation so we can call out the fact that it's her. Yeah. And I think that it just is such a, I mean, like you said, like, you don't care 
you know, about criticism becoming sexist. And it's just like, I think we have this conversation on Betches all the time. It's like, it doesn't matter if you're a female politician, if you're a black politician, if you're gay, if you know what I mean? If you don't stand up or if you don't yeah, advocate yeah, yeah. or if you're not like, like, then, you know, it doesn't, you know, it doesn't matter. Yeah. It's not, it's, I mean, yeah, that's the right. criticism of the girl boss whatever movement is like yeah okay cool it is it is cool and different that there are women in charge and like have women in power and stuff like that but if you're using your power to just recreate and reestablish the structures that have oppressed us and aren't doing anything to challenge it then it's not special and then you are subject to criticism just like we would with any of these other guys yeah Yeah. and i i mean i agree and i know like like when she did the thumbs downing of the oh, minimum wage ridiculous. hike and people were like, and she wore like, you know, a little t-shirts that say dangerous <laughs> creature. Like, it's like, like you a, are fucking dangerous at this point. Yeah. It, like, and people made fun of that. And then her team came back and was like, oh, it's sexist to talk about how she looks. I famously maybe three minutes ago called her LuLaRoe looking bitch. But <laughs> I mean, but you're right. The thing. Here's the thing, though, like. Number one, if a male senator showed up in like quirky garb to vote down the minimum wage, I would say something about in quirky garb. Like, yeah. yeah, yeah. Like, it's like you don't it, with she, blue hair. Exactly. It's like it's not like we're just comment. We're like, oh, her blouse is ugly. It's like you have blue hair. You wear like unicorn leggings to the Senate and then you stand in the way of everything. And that is a part of a total package of a person that I am not interested in. Right, right. She's just a contrarian. She's definitely that person that's always like playing devils. I hate, like if she did this as, and she did vote the way we'd like, I mean, people don't really dress like that. I I think dress codes are annoying. And they're dumb. There is is one for Congress. Like you don't dress like that. You wear pretty simple outfits. It's like kind of part of the, the deal like you don't really see people pushing that so it, even if she was voting the way we'd yeah. like i'd be a little like well it's okay, not even but it's, like but if it was part of a broader sort of radical notion that she had that she was yeah. like i want to challenge every part of the system and structures mm-hmm. here including right, this yeah, but she's like no no oh it's only the ones that are fun for me is what i want to push back on not the things that actually make me have to say no to the white men that give me money like oh, last summer we talked about this with Alyssa on the episode yesterday she did like there's not a lot of information about it, but last summer at Kirsten Cinema did an, a paid internship at a winery in Sonoma connected to like Diane Feinstein's husband's hedge fund or something just for fun. She thought that would be fun. You shouldn't be having time for that. Yeah, no, fuck her. Imagine if AOC or Ilhan Omar or like Ilhan Omar can like barely wear her hijab in Congress yeah, without getting barely. but and like like or Ayanna Presley or any of the like young women of color who are in Congress showed up wearing like non not serious <laughs> right totally not serious attire like, obviously, we can talk about dress codes and where they come from or whatever, but it's just I feel like the reason why I don't why it like rubs me the wrong way is because it's all sort of part of this like privilege of hers to be like, I'm going to show up. I'm going to I'm going to look in a way that like my other colleagues can't. I'm going to vote down stuff that like 
I don't know, this style would make you maybe think that I would be in support of. Totally. And I'm going to say like, well, it's like, if you're going to do things, this might be a weird comparison, but like, I'm sort of thinking about how like AOC cried on the house floor last week mm-hmm. because she took a vote that she knew her supporters weren't gonna appreciate. And that a lot mm-hmm. of people weren't going to appreciate. So it's like, frankly, I would rather see that. I would rather see some like recognition of the gravity of having to make an unpopular decision yeah. than Kirsten cinema wearing a blue wig, doing a little dance while she says, no, thank you on a minimum wage hike. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I don't know. I know yeah, that I might th- not be a super politically correct. Like I don't want AOC to be crying on the house floor. That's not what I want, but I think that's why it makes us so annoyed. She's having accountability for her yeah for her platform and for what she goes by and people who voted it is part of the brand of people who voted for kirsten thought she was going to be different and brought something different and radical but the disappointing thing is that her radicalism ends with her outfits and then and then if you're actually there you go and i'm going to be the one that have has this conversation because you know i am in spaces with counterculture and i live in bushwick and creative and all that stuff her outfits are bad. They're not <laughs> like they're not cutting edge, cool, fashionable, oh. like expensive designer, like cool shit. This is shit from fucking Charlotte Russe, dress yes. barn ass. Like literally I was watching the Lula Lula Rue fucking doc and I'm like, who the fuck is buying this? Who the fuck is buying leggings with hamburgers on them? Kirsten Cinema's bitch. Yeah, she has a pair. So, Exactly. Like that is what's upsetting. It's like people who cosplay as radical and different and want attention, but do nothing for, you know, the cause and stuff. And that's why it's just, it's even more disappointing and gross. And it's, it's just like, it's the criticism of Gen X, you know, honestly. Yeah. I know. I'm always like Gen X has to answer for Kirsten cinema because she is, yeah. Like all aesthetic, no, substance like but isn't actually gonna do something sorry gen x i don't think all of you are like that it's exactly the epitome of like whatever culture yeah it's like the boomer but it's still boomer values but with pink hair like okay yes. cool that you have pink hair but you still believe the same things that boomers do so you're not different she's like laundering moderate ideas through her wigs and sassy jewelry and we we are we're on to her like we're we're on to uh, yeah you. i see and you. there are like really cool like progressive older white men totally who, like are crusty as fuck and whatever and they're more progressive than her yeah right you know ed markey yes ed markey ed markey does hamburger leggings <laughs> and you know what? If he did, I would say something about it. Um, Ed Markey, Bill <laughs> Pasquale, that like at New Jersey's um, ha- congressman, that guy's super radical and cool totally. and woke. And he's, you know, corny. So yeah. I, I would, would you say, sorry, would you say that Chuck Schumer is more radical than fucking yes. cinema? cinema? Yeah, yes. he's facing a primary challenge. Well, here. I also th- I think I think he is. And I think like yeah, he's like he a professional and a, he's like thinking a lot about politics. So like as soon as he had like AOC on his on his side, he like wants legal weed and is fine with all of these these things. Mm-hmm. But I think he's yeah. also just like, yeah, he's in touch with what the party wants. And she is not like with the people who voted for this party. She just does not seem to be, which is 
continually surprising and disappointing. Yeah. When it comes to the plant-based eating debate, there's more to consider than just healthy or unhealthy. Of course, we want to eat things that make us feel good and generate energy to keep us going, but there's also a major environmental component that drives a lot of people to a plant-focused diet. But you don't have to give up some of your faves entirely. Impossible Foods makes meat from plants. They're solving the meat problem with more meat. By creating delicious meat from plants that's better for you and the planet, Impossible lets you enjoy some of your favorite meaty products with a plant-based twist. Ground beef, homestyle meatballs, sausage patties, all made from plants. And that's just a few of their delicious and versatile options. No more tension between craving meat but not wanting to eat so much of it or sacrificing your carnivorous faves for your health. Indulge in nutrient-packed, plant-based goodness and feel good doing it. Check out impossiblefoods.com to see how you can help solve the meat problem with more meat. That's I-M-P-O-S-S-I-B-L-E-F-O-O-D-S.com. In the market for investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry, Rebag is the answer. Rebag is a luxury resale platform where each piece is carefully inspected by experts to ensure quality and authenticity. Use Rebag to buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Louis Vuitton, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com and get up to 15% off your first purchase as a member with code REBAGNEW. Shop today at Rebag.com. That's R-E-B-A-G.com. And use promo code REBAGNEW for up to 15% off your first purchase as a member. So for our next story, we're going to talk about R. Kelly. There has been a six-week trial, and yesterday R. Kelly was found guilty of racketeering and sex trafficking after decades of accusations and abuse. The jury was made up of seven men and five women, which I thought was Mm. interesting, more heavily weighted towards men. They deliberated for about nine hours. They convicted him of all of the counts, everything they had a chance to convict him on, they did. And these included racketeering and violating anti-sex trafficking laws. Um, making this a racketeering case was apparently a legal strategy that allowed them to bring in a lot of older evidence that they wouldn't normally have been allowed to because Kelly has been abusing women and girls for decades. This is actually the first actual criminal punishment against him. He was acquitted in an earlier 2008 case. This trial was six weeks, as I said, and five of the six women involved in these particular charges testified in person. The only one who didn't was Aaliyah, who died. Mm -hmm. Many others testified about their same experiences. They weren't involved in these specific charges, but they were brought in to bolster the prosecution's case. And eight former employees also testified a big revelation there or confirmation rather was that one employee did confirm that he bribed a government employee to get a fake ID for Aaliyah so that R. Kelly could marry her. At the Mm -hmm. time she was only 15 and Kelly thought that she was pregnant and he feared he could be prosecuted for statutory rape and believed that being married to her would help him get around that. So Kelly, R. Kelly's 54 years old. He could spend the rest of his life in prison. Uh, He'll be sentenced in May, but he's also faces two more big trials with federal charges in Illinois and Minneapolis. He has no money. I don't know how he's paying his lawyers. He's making very, he's trying to sell his back catalog and nobody, uh, nobody will buy it. This comes four years to the day or to the month rather since the 2017 allegations against Harvey Weinstein that sparked me too. But Mute R. Kelly actually started even a few months before that in 2017. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. basically about four and a half years after that as well. So big outcome. Like this is kind of crazy. That this finally happened. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's really like it is good. It's it was interesting when I was writing this up this morning, just like piggybacking off what you were saying, like how much it actually took to get here. Like. 
how many decades of allegations, how many, like the mute R. Kelly campaign, like happened. There were like two different cycles of the mute R. Kelly campaign. There was (laughs) an expose in either, I think it was the New York times, but there was like a big expose written about him. There was a six episode documentary, like with hours and hours of footage. Like it really took so much to bring this man down. Yeah, um, I was just reading the reporter, Jim DeRogatis. Um, He's a Chicago music reporter and he's been he's been reporting on R. Kelly's shit for years and years and years and years. And it's like taken so much to stick on him. And, you know, even yesterday, there's like I mean, on black Twitter, there's like footage of people playing his music. Um, you know, outside and saying like R. Kelly's innocent. And there there was just this boondocks episode that everyone keeps talking about. Uh highly recommend it. I'm trying to find the year. Okay, the boondocks episode is called it's called The Trial of R. Kelly, and it's from the year 2005. Whoa, and it wow. literally is um, you know, boondocks is like satire cartoon show about black culture, but it's literally like um the same arguments the same players just as it it, and it was from so long ago right uh and 18 years ago and it's just like so accurate of how people what people are saying outside of the court what people are saying in Mm. and like it was that 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 um that trial or like that episode from 2005 was satirizing the trial of when you know the famous case from 2003 when Mm -hmm. he like urinated on a 14 year old girl in that sex Mm -hmm. tape i mean i remember that so vividly like as a thing in the news but the part about her being a 14 year old girl and that being really bad was completely lost it was like everyone just knew that like oh it's like kind of like this funny salacious thing happened yeah like we all knew about him being 2003 so I was a 13 year old girl at the time and like mm-hmm. well that's probably the thing you saw your we saw ourselves as adults too but yes. that's I mean and that's I mean that's I wonder if this case is like particularly significant because it is we saw Bill Cosby but his victims the ones that testified and the reason that that was able to sort of be elevated was because they were he had assaulted white women as well and like Kelly's victims weren't just black women like they were black girls who are so often treated as if they are adult women yes I think that that's why this is a super important outcome yeah and I mean I think like you know it's just it, it's really interesting for me because um it's not taken as seriously as like other things and, and I just remember this one guy at school like in middle school was like oh my god I've seen you before it was like my first day at a new school he's like I've seen you before and I'm like really? And then he's like, yeah, you're that girl from the R. Kelly video. And like everyone laughed and it was like, it was kind of funny, but at the time, like, yeah, yeah, like, like now I watch it. I'm like, yeah, that could have been. And like just the stories of him, like hanging out at the McDonald's across the street from a like a big middle school in Chicago. And like everyone kind of knew that. And he has that reputation. It's just like super, you know, and again, it is just like, um, if you don't believe that black people are human beings or that black children, like black teens are actually children or that, you know, all that stuff, like 
that they deserve a second chance or they don't have a childhood and all that stuff, then yeah, like it's easier for you to swallow like, oh, well, black girls, they have big boobs or like big. But like, I remember that kind of argument, too, of like, Mm -hmm. well, she has an adult body. So, you know, this and that. And it's just like, no, these are still children. And it's just so unfortunate and fucked up. And just like if you're interested in this case, there was this R. Kelly had a, all these songs, which I, I know I like a bunch of, but he had this, a lot of songs with this artist called Sparkle. And they they were really popular when I was in middle school. Mm-hmm. And apparently, like, the, the rumor is that she did all these collaborations with R. Kelly. He, like, elevated her career and made her, like, more mainstream R&B artist. But she had her niece visit her one day at set. And R. Kelly started preying on her niece. And she, like, had been calling. So she's been calling R. Kelly out for, like, 20-something yeah. years. Like, for a long, long time. And, like, she kind of ruined her, her music career from it. And I've just been seeing a lot of, like... um things on Twitter now of like justice for sparkle or like, mm, you know, spark, yeah. like, like she was right all along kind of stuff. Yeah. And yeah. It's really, it, it's, it's, it's difficult. Sorry. One more thing is just like, it's black women, it's black girls, but it's also similar to Epstein on like, it's black girls who's like parents and families are not super involved or not. Because again, like if you, Look at like Sinbad was saying, like, why are we, you know, talking to him like in the 90s? And even like Beyonce's dad was like, I've had weird vibes from R. Kelly, but because he's so micromanaging, like he didn't let Beyonce near R. Kelly, you know what I mean? But yeah. like, so it's just like it's black women, but it's also like people whose parents are like not really. Right. Well, predators I mean, yeah. know how to spot that kind of exactly. thing. And that was part of a got like. I think Epstein is a great comparison because that was part of his whole deal was to like use Galen Maxwell to find kind of like down and out girls who are, you know, I don't know, hanging around at spots where like kids who don't have anywhere to go hang out. And like these people who are like serious predators, the way like R. Kelly like is the way Harvey Weinstein is like they know how to spot someone who is vulnerable or not Mm -hmm. in a great position or who is young and like clearly like doesn't have someone advocating for them yeah Yeah, they're seeking it and then you you have the opportunity to groom them and then you get a situation which we saw with r kelly for decades where people were not always testifying and there were people who said i at the time defended him and was part of this like harem and wanted to think it was fine. I mean, I guess the thing about Epstein, what's wild about the R. Kelly stuff, as you were talking about like the P tape in 2003, and like now we have this trial in 2021. It's not as if this was a case where people didn't know what was going on. It was like, like people always knew R. Kelly was probably up to this and just nobody, it wasn't like, oh, who knew decades, but it took decades and it took like multiple cultural shifts and a Mm. very novel legal strategy for him to finally send a public message that like, you can't do this. Yeah. And like, I think what the, um, what that lifetime documentary, um, which I think was a big major shift. Huge. It totally spurred it. Yeah. Yeah. But like that lifetime documentary was like, he groomed the, and I think what we're trying, what we're seeing things now like it's like not just grooming the the kids, but grooming their parents. Yeah, is wow, like yeah. a big thing. 
Um, and then, yeah, like vulnerable people just praying. And then also what you're saying, like he has no money. Like if you go into the exact, like any album that R. Kelly makes, all the exec producers are like people he's paid out with settlement settlements. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. like they all get a cut of all his profits. So, so he has like had that agreement with so many families and so many people like Aaliyah's uncle, you know, and they're mm-hmm. all exec producers. So it's like, even if people play his music, he gets actually so little of that cut because he's paying off so many fucking yeah, I saw that after like so in one of Drake's new songs, like R. Kelly does have a writing credit um, and for like a particular like a very small sample where his voice is in the background and they couldn't get it out or something. And one of the one of the producers was like, yeah, this is bad. I wish this had not happened. But then the article was explaining how because of what you said, Millie, that like no money that R. Kelly earns is going to R. Kelly barely because he yeah. just owes so many people so much money and has committed so many crimes. But as you mentioned, there were some people like playing his music yesterday outside the courthouse. But if you compare it to like 2008 in Chicago, it is a much, Way much less. smaller crowd, which is to me like a very telling, hopefully yeah. telling image of the past, you know, 13 years. Yeah. And I think like I saw like literally yesterday, I watched the Britney Spears and New York Times. I watched controlling. it too. Yeah. I watched it yesterday and it was really interesting to see like that crowd and them act advocating versus the crowd of R. Kelly. Like, Mm-hmm. And, and yeah, I was just thinking about that, like how cultural shifts have, have like, wow, yeah, fi- yeah, fixed it and stuff. And yeah, it's, it's just really interesting. Yeah, the balance has, the equilibrium has finally been mm-hmm. restored. Yeah. That is our show for today. Until the end of democracy, I'm Amanda Duberman. I'm Elise Morales. And I'm Millie Tamaris. And this is the Betches Up Podcast. Bye. The Betches Sub Podcast is produced by Amanda Duberman, Jorge Morales-Pico, and Sean Kilby. Editing by Jorge Morales-Pico. Social media by Amanda Duberman. Be sure to follow at Betches underscore Sup on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. And send us your emails to suppod at Betches.com. Betches.